Yeah, that's the funniest tweet I ever saw. So, are you are you aware of the Michael Crabtree Akeem Talib stuff? No. Okay. So, Michael Crabtree is a wide receiver for the Raiders, and yes. Akeem Talib is a cornerback for the Broncos. They had a prior incident where Akeem Talib snatched Michael Crabtree's chain right off of his body. Like, this happened, I think, last year, maybe two years ago, right? So, they had an altercation yesterday, and Akeem got it again. Like, he snatched the chain again. Um, and Adam Schefter just tweeted, Raiders wide receiver Michael Crabtree taped his chain to himself before <laughs> Sunday's game, knowing he was facing the chain-snatching Broncos quarterback Akeem Tlaib, and Tlaib still got it. Like, that's a that's a full tweet, and I... This is that's hilarious. Two hundred eighty like characters, man. Dirt, like even the idea that journalistically he felt the need to give us this scoop, and for it to be real and the most credible NFL. Well, that's the whole thing. It's real and he's credible, and I'm. I feel better off for knowing that. I. So I'm assuming. So he he's taping the chain to his, to him prior to the next chest, game or he or i guess he, okay uh oh. because that no, no 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 he 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 did it before the game that just happened okay okay so it's After before the game Tlaib that just happened it. okay yeah, cuz he snatched it once crabtree remembering this taped it again and then Tlaib snatched it again despite the tape jesus fucking christ so do we know when the that, next time they're going to they're going to match up is they're in the same division, so it okay. should be next year, I okay. think. Or you know what? They may have not played twice already this season. Oh, I'm on it. I am now. I'm waiting now to see what's is... next because it's got to be like super glue after that. Just don't wear the chain. No, no, wear the, the chain. Battle. Wear the chain. Don't fucking give in. It's been twice. I yeah, give in. I, w- I no, you don't stop. I think there are, Uh-oh. like, it's been twice, but all you've done is put fucking tape on your chest. Like, there is way, way more efficient ways to make that chain stick. If he's if he's serious about this, if he's got a will, then he's going to figure it out. All right, so they have, that was the second time they faced each other this year. Okay. So, it will be next year, if they're on the same teams, they'll have two games next year. Oh, man, this is my Dude, favorite I'm, subplot. I, am br- I can't wait for this. I'm ready. For what? Just oh, listen to the back. podcast when it comes out. Uh, all right. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. Yeah. I was it it just stopped at me just for no reason. Well, then welcome everyone to the TKW podcast. I'm Anthony Corbo. I've got with me today Kyle Maggio. What's going on, buddy? And I've got Trey Zingas. How are you? And it's time to talk about the Knicks. So, obviously that means I'm feeling great. But let's start off with the most important news of the week. What happened with Dennis Kanner and his Twitter verification? Who took He's it away? A, they got him out of there. Is this political? Uh, is this was this Trump? 
Should Ennis Cantor be thanking Trump for giving him back his Twitter verification? It's probably the president of Turkey, if anyone. Mm. Much that many, man's conspiracy. This is going to be bigger than I think it is. Much, much updates co- to left to come on this because, yeah, who knows? Who could have been? Uh, could have been president of Turkey. Could have been the president of the U.S. Could have been. Uh, I don't know, president of the Knicks. It could have been Steve Mills, but he got it back at least. He like, got it he's back. already verified again. Yep. Like he, I think he got verified again this morning, but. Yeah, I really, I really don't know the politics behind that. I, I don't know, because it's a bummer, because I was going to say, Ennis Cantor noted uh, the Knicks Wall fan. Um, I was going to say, we probably could have gotten a pretty good campaign going to get both he and us verified uh, within within just a couple of days, even. We uh, could have leveraged it had yeah. Twitter not rush to his aid but yeah just we just didn't move quick enough we should let that be a lesson learned we should report him in his spam every day until they take it away again and then swoop it that's an idea that's an idea i'll report him as spam for any reason at this point you you think canner spam i mean his timeline is his timeline's filled with nick's film school videos a lot of nick's wall yep a lot of lot of unsourced nick's wall yes there is there is a uh, a touch of unsourced nick's wall material in there a touch a touch it could be it might have been a mistake we'll see Anis. anyway um i just i just think let's keep some eyes on this this could develop into a bigger uh topic as the season unfolds i'm not so convinced that this verification is back to stay um, but while we're looking out for that, we are officially kind of at that point that everyone uses to grade the beginning of the season. Uh, the Knicks have played in quite a few games at this point. Now it's after Thanksgiving. Uh, it is November 27th. We're recording right before they're about to play the Blazers. And yeah, so I guess, you know, this is a point where a lot of people use to evaluate the season. I was kind of saying earlier on that I thought Frank should be starting at this point. Um, and maybe we can start there, but I just kind of want to know what you guys are thinking after from here until the end of the calendar year, what should we be looking out for? Is there anyone who might break out or regress or what the rotation might look like? What are you guys thinking? I think the whole team going to regress. Uh, November was, was the month where they had the most home games. So I believe that their record's a bit inflated due to that. So I expect guys like the role players to, um, regress and Courtney Lee, there's no shot he keeps playing at this high level. He, he's been really remarkable the last month or so. So I think he comes back a bit down to earth. Kylo Quinn has come down to earth. He's passed that um, high point that he was at earlier or the middle of the month. Um, yeah, uh, that's probably about it. I think Chris Epps stays about steady with what he's been doing the last two weeks. He won't keep up that nearly 30 point per game average, but. That's about it as far as um, regressions go. Yeah, I mean, I'm mostly with you there. I mean, the the hardest thing to project right now is Tim Hardaway. I don't think anybody has any interest in trying to project that because if I would tell you right now that I predict that he averages 12 points the rest of the calendar year, you guys would be like, oh, yeah, I mean, maybe he's not hot. And if I told you guys he'd average 18, 19, 20 the rest of the calendar year, you'd be like, "Mm, maybe if he got hot. It wouldn't surprise you. So I'm not 
really going to waste any time on Tim Hardaway because who the fuck really knows anymore? Hopefully he goes well. I'm enjoying fun Tim Hardaway Tim games. Hardaway, hope for that. Yeah, he's averaging like 18.2 right now, but so far, like he has, he scored 25 points five times and he scored over 30 twice. Um, so yeah, early returns look good. Yeah, I'm, but it's, I, I know it's, he's been a bit inconsistent, but early returns look good. They look good. He's been more cons- consistent, but like, you know, the games where he hasn't scored over 25 or over, you know, 30 they're points, ugly. they're, you know, three points or five points, whatever. They're yeah. ugly. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's very hit or miss. He's been doing a lot of hitting and, and not so much missing to this point, but. I don't mean efficiency-wise. I just mean overall scoring output for context. But I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to continue to hope that he plays at most of what we've seen, the, the level that we've seen the last three weeks or so, because it's, it's been a blast. Um, I, I don't think Cantor would really regress all that much because he's just doing the same shit that he's always done everywhere, which is just gobble up rebounds like Hungry Hungry Hippos and just put back for a sweeping hook shot or something. I mean, he's just always had the same game. He just kind of just plug and play. Like, that's just what he does. Um, so maybe he regresses defensively, probably, to some degree. I think that's not a stretch. He's He can't keep being an above-average defender, according to the numbers. Like, that's not going to remain the same. But I think him averaging a double-double, probably, that's kind of what he does. Um, I, yeah, I kind of agree on the Courtney Lee thing. Trey said, too, I don't... I love Courtney Lee. He's a phenomenal role player. And I think part of them winning this many games this early is because Courtney Lee has played, you know, a little bit above role player level. He's been playing like a legit number two guy uh, for certain stretches. So I don't I don't see how that's sustainable either. Um, I'd like for it to be. He's a fun guy to root for. He, you know, when he's on, he's <laughs> it's a hell of a time. But yeah, and I'd like to see Frank start, but I don't think that's going to happen until at least after christmas well i'm curious like because i don't think that frank should start uh right now either just not that he's been bad just he hasn't you know been a world beater any means but also do we think jared jack can maintain what he's doing right now like how long do you think this know. is going to stand up for do you would you give him until christmas of being a, like a legitimate starter or i guess like if he, if he's gonna play at this level, you clearly have to keep starting him. Right. But he, it seems like he always comes out fast and then slowly fades away. In thirty eight, it'll do that to you. You know what I mean, though. Like he, he seems to start off super hot in games mm-hmm. and then fades, like halfway through the third quarter. Like you can't really expect anything from him for the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean that's why I, I don't know that. Hornacek's been staying consistent with it. But remember when Frankie started coming in hot and they were just letting him close out games? Like he'd play like end of the third quarter, quick breather, and then he'd come in pretty much the entire fourth quarter. Like we haven't seen that as much lately. And I think you got to go back to that. Like just run Jack into the ground for that first half if that's what you got to do. And then keep you know, letting Frankie take over in those big situations in the second half because that's when we seem to sort of tail off is in the second half. A lot of these comebacks to good teams have been in the second half, which isn't a surprise because that's what good teams do. But, you know, it's 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 encouraging whether it's a win or a loss to keep seeing him in those situations. So, yeah, Jack's going to flame out. We just got to hope that we can keep seeing Frankie 
close out games. So, yeah, and just kind of like a you know last note about regression here uh, on a, on a team thing. I was I've been looking up. I've been trying to find it, but I can't. Uh, Chris Herring had a tweet a week or two ago about the Knicks at like this point in the season, and it's that pretty much for the last couple of years, like the Knicks have had this level of success early in the season. It's just kind of come in different forms and, you know, obviously in different players because of the amount of turnover this roster has had. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like been the expectation the last few years that, yeah, the Knicks are probably going to be good and fun through the first, you know, 20 games of the season or so. And that let's see the real challenge comes on if they can continue it from there. So I don't know. We're not really seeing a ton of like, you know, we have some guys who we think will probably regress. We have, you know, Jared Jack. We have Courtney Lee playing really well right now. Like maybe Cantor can't quite keep up the level of production he's been doing. But um, yeah, I guess only time will really tell on this, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um. So kind of while we're on this note, too, we're getting a little closer to the trade deadline. Um, I've started seeing some things today that, like, it's kind of weird because it's there's no one that the Knicks really need that's available right now. But guys that might be an interesting fit with Porzingis, like at the center position, are DeAndre Jordan's names come up. Julius Randle's come up if you want to switch full time. And, like, Julia Lokafor's name is around as it's been for the last, you know, 14 years that he's been in the league. It sounds mm-hmm. like. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, I know that the Knicks have what, like five centers right now. Like Noah's getting, has the worst contract in the NBA and he's not even making it on the court, but except for tonight, maybe. Um, but I mean, sh- are any of these players worth going after right now? Just cause they might look good with KP. hundred percent. hundred percent. Um, really? now I don't think Deandre Jordan, I think Deandre Jordan isn't a good fit. I was on this wavelength, and you guys might disagree with me, but um, Nate Jones was tweeting about it a couple days ago. And I, it, it's been my thoughts on it for a while because I really like his game. I think Julius Randle would be a really good fit. I'm with you here. Because, because and there's context involved, and the context is just because you want to play KP at the five doesn't mean KP has to play the five on offense and on defense. Just because... You'd want Randall to play the five. Doesn't mean you'd play Randall at the five on offense and on defense. The idea would be Randall is a really good fit next to him, in my opinion. This is the same opinion as Nate. And it was that basically you just switch him for the five and the four on opposite ends of the court. You know, let KP play the five on defense. Let him stay around the rim, do what he does best. But then let him continue to play the four basically on the offensive side of the ball, you know, run him plays that run him as the four basically, and just let him to, you know, continue to be bigger than the fours and just kind of take advantage of those matchups where Randall's a little bit quicker for the fives and he could take advantage of those matchups. So it's like, it's an interesting mix and match basically as we kind of keep trending towards positionless basketball. It's something that I thought, would be an actual good fit. The other guys, I don't, I don't really think because DeAndre, you're doing that with the sense that KP is going to keep playing the four. I don't think that that's necessarily great, but I, I think Randall could work. Yeah, I do I'm, like I'm Randall's kind of, game. I, I'm on. I just real quick, Trey. I'm on that same wavelength. Like 
I'm not going to go too far deep into it because it's basically what Kyle was just saying. But yeah, what Kyle was saying and what kind of Nate Jones was talking about earlier in the week, just the the four on offense, the five or the four on defense, the five on offense kind of thing for Randall really seems like it could be an interesting match with this team, even though I mean, I kind of like what's going on with Canner down there right now. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm headed. First off, did you know that DeAndre Jordan's first name is not DeAndre? What? Is that his yeah. real name? Yeah. It's His first name is Highland. H-Y-L-A-N-D. No. Yeah, I didn't know that. So I was he didn't want to go by Highland Jordan? Highland DeAndre Jordan Jr. That's it. You know, for what it's worth, that's an elite name. That's Highland that's, Jordan it's... would be like my favorite player in a heartbeat. Highland Jordan Jr., at that, yes. like he's got the junior there too. I'm not a fan of the junior in the player names, but uh, we can oh. move on from that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess Julius Randle's game could kind of mesh with KP's. Um, I do worry that his price would be a little high. I don't necessarily know what he would be going for, and the Knicks are kind of really low on assets. So I agree. I don't think it's going to happen, uh, at least not through a trade. And who knows what he signs for? But fit-wise, if we were just going to talk about fit, because uh, I don't think any of these are reasonable, I, I think uh, of the guys we were discussing, I just think he would fit really well, and it would allow him to be optimized on both ends, you know? Well, kind of while we're on that, too, what's the uh, what's the asset situation looking like for the Knicks right now? Anybody, especially with KP and, uh, and you know, Cantor being out the other day, is anyone starting to stick out? Uh, as potential trade bait, or do we just not really have anything? Courtney Lee. Yeah, you got to move Courtney yeah. Lee, right? Right. I mean, he feel he feels like the odd man out here because he's played so above his ceiling. The Knicks moving forward, like he's thirty three years old. What what do you really need from him at this point? He's been fantastic, but he doesn't necessarily fit up with the timeline. He's a fun vet. He's a guy who doesn't stick around ever. So he feels like the very likely candidate of players to be traded. Yeah, I. I don't know. I mean, to me, I think we've been saying this basically since last season. All three of us, four of us, we've had Bailey on, any of the guests. We've all had the same, like, two guys getting traded from this roster for, like, two years now. It's been Courtney Lee and Kyle O'Quinn. It's the same two guys. And I think I think that's kind of where it stands now. Again, it's, it's those two guys. And Courtney Lee's doing exactly what I think we hoped Kyle O'Quinn would also have been doing, which was just keep his trade stock high in the event that you could move him, in the event that someone is interested at, at the trade deadline or whatever it is. So I, I don't know. I, I think Courtney Lee's probably the most reasonable one that would get moved because he's more consistent. What he does is basically outside shooting, and he defends at a higher level than, you know, than let's say Kyle O'Quinn on this team. So you always need a good wing who's going to knock down shots and play good defense. You know, Courtney can get to the rim too. Somebody's going to want him. I don't know what we're going to get for him, but I think somebody's going to want him. You hope it's a desperate team, uh, somebody who's in the mix for a high seat of the playoffs and somebody that's going to be willing to overpay you a little bit because maybe Courtney Lee, they view as a piece that can get them over the top. And I love Courtney Lee. I really do. And if we keep him, cool. I enjoy watching Courtney Lee play basketball, especially for the Knicks. But if we're talking about, you know, 
maximizing our assets here going forward and maybe helping with KP, it would be a good time to trade. I think he's 33 years old, a 33-year-old wing to a contender. He also can flick handle the ball like in, for stretches. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's a little he, bit he, of a playmaker. Yeah, he can create plays. He's very versatile. I would say he's a combo guard. He's clearly primarily a shooting guard, but you can stick him at point guard for certain minutes. So, yeah, uh, what if, like, a, a team, uh, maybe, like, the Timberwolves or something, I would think, yeah. because Thibodeau seems to like the guys who can, you can just plug in, like the vets, and I believe he's got a decent amount of autonomy in that front office. Well, you know what? That's a great point, because they have no shooters. Correct. That, none of the, nobody shoots on that team. Yeah, I think they're playing Jimmy Buzz but- a lot out there. No, I, I think Jimmy Butler was, and I might be making this up, so please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure when Jimmy Butler got traded there, and Jimmy Butler only shoot or shot for his career coming in, coming off last season, shot 37% from three. And I remember reading somewhere that he instantly became their best three point shooter, and I almost wanted to vomit. The other thing is, though, like he's better than Carl Towns. Like, Carl Towns was the best shooter on that team. And yeah. Jimmy Butler. It's like, well, now it's Jimmy Butler. And Carl but Towns that, is but that's, but that's wild that Carl Towns is the best shooter because not – it's not an indictment against Towns because, like, all bigs can shoot. But, like, if KP or Towns, if they're shooting, like, 35 or 36%, just so it's respectable, like, you don't have to be lights out. You'd hope for lights out. But if it's just respectable, like, that's really good from your center position to be respectable. So – if your respectable big man shooter is your leading three point shooter, that's not, that's just not good. I mean, yeah, I'm on that too. And like the thing with Courtney Lee is that he's just such a, a good bet player that he can pretty, like you can put him on a team with like bad shooting and he's going to help. You can put him on with the, onto a good team with, you know, a team that's shooting well and he's just going to help more. Like I could even see, I've been tr- I'm trying to think about this and like keep uh you know who might have the cash or assets to absorb him. I mean the space or assets to absorb him, but I don't know. Just for argument's sake, like let let's say we send him to the Cavs, um because they might be without a air quote playmaker Derrick Rose pretty soon. Um, like I could see him sliding in there pretty well, and I don't think that they can really go after him or be able to ex- absorb his salary or anything like that, but. I mean, it's just going to be hard finding a contender for him to go to that's going to, you know, be able to take on the rest of his contract. And uh, it's not terrible, but it's still they would need to clear out a little bit of room. Yeah. Um. Uh, do we see anything from uh, from Billy in the uh, in the game without KP or Cantor? No. Yeah, uh, I, didn't, I didn't. Nothing. He, I he had. He had like I was watching that with Trey. And uh, I was a Trey and JB, and Billy came in. We were all excited. Billy scored like six straight points. We were. Oh wait, no, wait, that wasn't the game. That was against the Hawks. Well, either way, the let's uh, then let's uh, let's open it up. Well, either, either way, Billy this either, weekend. The game against the Hawks, he had like six quick points, and then all of a sudden it was the third quarter, and all of us kind of looked up, and JB's like, Dude, "Has he done anything since then?" And the answer was no. And I think the, who did who did they play last? Who was the other night? Houston. Houston, thank you. Um, I don't think he did anything, did he? Uh, I don't think so. He. I really just hope, because I'm clearly a Billy Stan at this point, but I'm not too irrational. 
I want to I want to just chalk this up to him not getting consistent minutes, so he looks rusty out there. But some of the the things that he does on defense, he just it looks so clueless. I he doesn't understand the rotations or he Billy, he just doesn't get it. Billy had the very rare four 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 game. Shout out Jay Z. Uh, he had four points on two of eight shooting, four rebounds, four assists, three fouls in twenty one minutes of action. He was a negative seventeen. Which, not great. Yeah. Not the worst. Not the worst. Third worst. Not the worst. No, I, I would. I just hope that it's him being rusty, not getting consistent minutes, and just trying to get his when he can. Because he would check in the garbage time earlier this year and look fine. Now he plays extended minutes and he just starts to look lost. Hopefully he can turn that around and at least play himself into being somewhat of an asset. Like he's Let, clearly a talented player, so. Well, let's say he's getting somewhat regular minutes. Like he, let's say he averages ten to fifteen minutes a game, the rest of the season, not not exclusively garbage time minutes. At what point do you see him play like this, and you start to realize or start to feel like maybe he's just not as good as we thought? When would that creep into your mind? It would have to take a couple of months, I think, because we have a decent sample size of him last year playing very well, and now it's like, okay, he's played, what is it, eight, nine games probably to this point because he hasn't played all of them, and he's looked poor, but he's not getting the consistent minutes. So if he was to start getting like your 10 to 12 minutes per game and was still not producing, I would probably look to scalp my Billy bandwagon tickets come... Probably May or no, not May. I'm sorry, March. Give it okay. like if he if three months or so, and he's still not looking like he's improved at all. That's probably a bit long of a leash, but you know he's still like 24 years old, so I would it'd probably take about two three months or so. Yeah, he definitely get like he gets a little bit of leash just because of how fucked up the center spot is for us right now, and like even if you wanted to try to put him at the four a little bit, like there's no. There's no room for him there either, um, and like especially when you have got you know you have the guys who can slide down like Beasley having a good game the other day. Um, it's just it's such a mess to try to make sense of that he's definitely going to get a little bit of a longer leash. But you know when he gets these minutes, he he's got to start showing soon that there's reason to keep him around or you know be giving him the the minutes that become available. Um, but. While we're kind of talking centers, uh, so injuries looking at the Blazers game tonight because that game should be just about to start in a few minutes now. Um, looks like Cantor is out again tonight, correct? Yes, Cantor's out. KP KP's will play. And Joe Kim's active. And Joe Kim is active for the first time this season. Um, so just kind of on that note, what do you... What do you think we're going to see from Noah tonight? About how much burn is he going to put it? I mean, I don't really expect you guys to... I don't think he's going to play. You don't think he's going to play even? I think he's active. I don't think he's going to play. Okay. The the old DNPCD. Yep. I kind of feel like this is the game where Hornacek is in like 10, 15 minutes and tries to see what he can do with it. I, I don't... I think the only way we'd see him is in garbage time for either direction, you know? I don't see... He he was sick. He was 
supposedly sick, all these other things. I just I, I can't see him coming in against like the Blazers. And, and Nurkic is just kind of a, a big guy to throw him up against. They've got some they've got some decent bigs there too. I just I can't see him playing in this one. If he does, I mean, less than 10 minutes for sure. I just don't think he's going to play. I think he's just active because Cantor's out again and they're in New York and they didn't have to worry about flying him out to Houston or whatever ridiculous comment that was uh, over the weekend. But I don't think he's going to play. No, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much on board with what Kyle said. I think if either team goes up 25 with like less than six minutes left, he might see the court. Um, Hornacek has really weird rotations, I've noticed, whenever I'm watching the game, and I try to get off those tweets where I um, tweet out who's on the floor. There's a lot of what feels like new lineups still. And I remember he did that a lot last year, so there is a chance Joachim Noah just comes in in the second quarter and plays three minutes with like Lance Thomas, uh, McDermott, Frank, and like Courtney Lee. Like see, he just that's kind of what line. I expect to see is like some you know early second quarter uh, action. And if you know if they give him five minutes there and he can build up on it with the with you know the against bench players with the bench unit and you know then we might see him come back out in the third and then you know next game who knows but. Yeah, I I th- I just think this might be the 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 game where he gets his opportunity. Um yeah. we'll see so, you in about 15 minutes. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see you going in. Um that seems like a plenty good way to talk about some uh some of the games from the last couple of days. Um so let's just touch on let's just touch on that game against the Rockets real quick. Um so obviously the big thing that came out of it was Michael Beasley scored 30 points for the first time this season. Um, he was a walking bucket. He was the say. walking bucket. He was the goat in New York. He was everything he promised to be for the first like 20 minutes of the game or so. Um, he and Courtney Lee combined for like 32 of the first 39 points. Um, let's see. They were on a 29 to seven run at that time. Uh, but then he cooled off, and the Rockets went like 37-19, and the game turned from us blowing them out to them blowing us out. Um, but I guess, I mean, obviously no one expects Beasley to play 30 minutes a game this season or put up 30 points, or I think he had eight rebounds too. But what can he can he carry this over at all? Like, if you got some minutes tonight, what do you guys expect to see? No. 45. Thank you. Thank you both. Minimum. Now um, he I sucks. Just, just I have to hop off and get the uh, social get. Or, wow, that was that was clearly not the sentence I tried to form. Yeah, you're not good with words, huh? Hey, nope. Hey. That's why I tweet them. So <laughs> anyway, be nice. I think I think Beasley will have these games occasionally. We shouldn't rely on him to. Do anything Ever. more than fifteen <laughs> points. Ever. Actually, you know what? Let's let's roll no. to at least drop thirty a game. All right, but but realistically, I think you can trust him for ten minutes if he's out there. Mm-hmm. Or, but you don't want him starting and being the number one option. Obviously, ever, ever. I don't know about ever. Ever. March, April. April. When things are out April. of things. April. Yeah, April. I might. Yeah, I might he, want he, to. he can start. He's not. Uh, I don't know. Like I, yeah, I feel like. You can never do that in a stretch, but if you want to just give him a game every now and then and just gamble on maybe getting the Michael Beasley thirty point game, uh, you can just throw him throw him a starting yeah. Throw him the starting job for the night. 
No, he he's he's super fun. He has really good footwork. Am I the only one that's totally amazed by his footwork? Some of the the dribble moves that he does, he spins baseline, he spins towards the middle. His footwork is ap- absolutely insane, and I never knew that about him before he became a Nick because I never fully watched him. He's got a lot of moves. He does have a lot of moves. I, lot of that moves, is one thing about him. Like, yeah, he doesn't really hit a lot of the shots, but he can do some pretty creative things out there. All so, yeah. in isolation and only for himself. But Oh, absolutely. All right, so after the Michael Beasley, I got to get going. All right. um, have a good rest of your pod, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you in a little talk bit. Talk to you all later. Yep, hold yeah. it down. All right. Yeah, buddy. Um, right, let's wrap this bad boy up yeah, with Nick's Blazers. Yeah, what just do you a think? little... I'm, I don't know. I uh, I am thinking, looking into this one, that we're we're probably we gotta make sure that we're defending that three or that we're not giving up too many threes. Sorry, just make it, trying to make sure that we're uh, still recording while I uh, try to make a sentence. So let me double back on that real quick. Uh, the Knicks are the worst team in the league at allowing three pointers and. Uh, Attempts or corner. makes right now, uh, which is not great for a Blazers team because they shoot like thirty nine percent, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. So that this that's not really going to do too well. We really need Courtney Lee and Frank and our other perimeter guys to step it up. I probably expect to see a decent amount of Lance Thomas in this game. Um, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I'm just like. Just maybe a big Tim Hardaway game would be huge. Like if he can get going from three, so we can kind of offset some of the threes that are gonna be rained down on the Knicks. That would be really huge. Um, yeah, but you know what? The Knicks are still playing at home tonight. You know, currently we're nine and three at home. We have some pretty good stats there, shooting almost fifty percent on the Garden floor. So, you know, if it, I think the big key here is gonna be the Knicks need to really offset the. Uh, three pointers that the Blazers are going to rain down, and then they they'll have a decent shot. Yeah, I I don't really know what to expect. I I feel like this is one of those exciting games. I feel, I hope it is anyway. I just they're both like in the respective conferences. I understand that the Blazers are a pretty significantly better team than the Knicks are, or you know by year's end, I think that'll prove to be true. Uh, but they're both right now in the middle of things in the playoff race and their respective conferences. So with that being said, if those things are true about these teams, I think that makes a good matchup when you got two, five, six, seven, eight seeds kind of duking it out against each other. So I'd like to see something good here. I don't think that there's going to be any kind of containing of three J or Dame tonight. That's just not a thing, you know, unless Frank gets the guard, one of them down the stretch. I had never again. heard three J before, but I love it. Yeah, it's it's three J McCollum. That guy could fucking hoop. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I don't think that we're gonna really do well against them. But also the flip side, Nurkic is a pretty solid big, but he's also kind of slow, and KP is not. So let's see. Yeah, I don't think he's necessarily gonna be able to handle KP entirely, especially if they you know, roll out Ed Davis or somebody well, my, to play up against uh What I'm thinking uh, about along with that is just like there are so many between these two teams, there are so many goddamn bigs that they could throw out there. 
There's just like, I feel like you can just see, and you know, I don't know, maybe this plays into our Joakim Noah talk from before, but like, I could just see one big doesn't work for five minutes, you just throw the next one in. And from yeah, but- both sides, like, we might end up seeing like, I don't know, four or five big men from both teams end up on the floor tonight. Not at the same time, but. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to see what happens, but um, I think for what we lack uh, with the perimeter, I think we probably make that up on the interior between Cantor. Well, Cantor's out. We probably make it up on the interior with KP. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I think the way we beat them today is if we go a little bit smaller. But, you know, try to take Nurkic out of the game a little bit. Try to keep attacking them in the paint so they got to change up their strategy, make them play our game. But we'll see. Um, I'm going to, just because I'm still feeling some early season optimism, I'm mm-hmm. going to go out on the limb and say they win this game by four or five, the Knicks do. Um, you know, this is still the tail end of a road trip for the Blazers. They were in... Uh, Brooklyn, I think, I think it was Friday. Mm-hmm. Friday. So, I mean, they've just kind of been hanging around on the East Coast. It's a longer road trip for them. I just think, you know, at this point, ready to go home. I'm just going to make up narratives for it. I hope it happens. But I think that they, uh, they're they going to walk out of the garden tonight with a loss. So, um, I'd like to see a nice little bounce back for KP. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling optimistic about it too. It would be great if K- KP could have a huge game and just uh, yeah have a little bounce back game. Uh, Blazers have won their last two, um, so you know they might might be due to slip or they could be due for a huge game. We're not really gonna know, but yeah, I guess I'll say optimistic too, just because you know this run at the Garden has uh, has definitely given me reason to be so. You know, the Knicks are going to keep, you know, winning. They're going to keep scoring nearly 110 points a game on the garden floor. They're going to shoot almost 50%. We'll see how it goes tonight, but I'll pencil them in. I'll give them the win. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm excited. I'm trying to make for, like, some exciting listening for tomorrow. So, like, we could have people, like, you know, shouting at us when they inevitably lose. Um, Or we double down. So, when they listen to this tomorrow, I told you guys the Knicks were going to win. KP's going to have 30-plus points tonight. I tried to warn you, and nobody wanted to listen to no, me. None of you. None of you wanted to listen. Even though you haven't heard it yet, none of you wanted to listen. None of you. So, for just, shame. Uh, yeah, for shame. So, um, All right, yeah, want, we'll see what happens. You want to wrap this up? Oh, yep. Uh, we're going to start doing a couple of plugs. So, that means don't turn this off. Listen do not turn plugs. this off. Listen to um, so the Black Friday, Cyber Monday sales are going to end tonight. Yep. Um, going to see if maybe we can get one of the sales extended for you guys uh, in case you missed out because we recently and recently uh, around lunchtime today, we launched our new merchandise line. Shout yes, out Bailey did. Carlin. Shout out Bailey um, Carlin. Yeah, we, it's the once a Nick, always a Nick line. And we got a couple hashtag of nice once a Nick, hashtag once a Nick, always a Nick. And, we got some nice designs up for you guys to start it off. We uh, we kicked it out with a nice Ewing Anthony Mason shirt, so that was that was a good start. And we also to give you guys some options, we dropped Pablo out for you, Pablo Prigioni, and we dropped Priggy Smalls. Uh, Rashid, yep, Priggy Smalls, and we dropped Rashid Wallace for you guys. And um, we like to mix it up here. We didn't want to give you guys the same old Patrick Ewing, John Starks 
the dunk kind of stuff that you guys have been getting for a while. But although there is a really that... good shirt of uh, Patrick Ewing, Anthony Mason on it. Yep. Yep. So that being said, it's not that we're shied away from it. We're going to start doing them more, but we need to hear back from you guys, too. We're tired of doing the same old stuff. And we have really good ideas that we're excited about that we're going to draft for you anyway. But we want to hear some feedback. We want to know what you guys, there's a lot of you guys listening to that. We want to know what you guys want to wear. I want to know what it's going to take for us to get you to wear shirts inside the garden. You guys let me know what you want to see uh, as a whole, but especially for these once in a always the next shirts. Who yeah, was a childhood favorite? Who was maybe a more obscure player that you would want to wear? You know, really think about these things. Get back to us. We're always on Twitter. We're, we're ready to roll with you guys, ready to talk about it. So just give us some be- uh, feedback. Give us some of your ideas or just something that you're hoping for. We're yeah. going to try to make that happen. We we love the uh, we we love the obscurity. We love it when we can, uh, you know, just make it so a couple of people can honor their favorite player, even if it's not the uh, favorite of the masses. So I know, like, I got, I got plenty of... Uh, you know, just obscure dudes in Knicks history that I want to see on these shirts. So you guys, uh, but we're going to leave it up to you guys. It's not really what we want. It's what you guys are thinking. So, right. uh, so yeah, definitely, you know, consider us like, you know, you can, you, you can talk to us, whatever you want. Yep. And, and uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, continuing on with the merch, we got um, new Christmas sweaters out. Yep, uh, per- we got a uh... perfect time to stock up on them. Like, especially like, you know, get get them now. Don't wait till midway through December. You want to make sure you get them in time. You want to make sure you can wear them to your Christmas parties that are going to happen before Christmas. Who the fuck wants yes. to go to a Christmas party after Christmas? Then Nobody, you're just going to end up wearing your Christmas happen. sweater to New Year's. And unless it's a TKW one, you're going to look stupid. Yep. We got the Kylo Claws coming out now. So yep. that's just Kylo Quinn and Santa. We got the Merry go Chris Steps. Uh, shirt so i mean just and again we got more stuff coming just be ready for it if you don't like something let us know we'll try to get you what you like and uh obviously keep coming back listening to us on the pod follow us on twitter you know our handles by now hold on hold on Uh, on. if they don't then you can follow the next wall at the next wall you can follow trey zingas at trey zingas you can follow kyle maggio at maggio nba you can follow myself at wish i was corbo um, and then you could also look at our account, check out the Knicks wall accounts and find the rest of our fantastic staff. Um, you can keep an eye out tonight on Twitter or on the Knicks for, uh, the preview for tonight's pit, uh, ugh, trailblazers game. I was at Pistons for tonight's trailblazer nope. game, uh, done by the wonderful Mike Cortez, uh, recap will be up later on tonight too. We've got some articles coming out this week. Our, some of our newer guys, Jack Huntley, is going to be writing about Frank. we got yep. Michael Corvo. Dude almost has a great last name. You feel me? Almost, almost. almost one letter away. Uh, on, he's writing about Cantor's defense. Uh, and then Mike Corvo says he's hitting it again with uh, some of the bench guys and what their roles are turning into, some we've talked about on the pod. Um, and as always, Nick's Film School. We know you love JB, uh, so keep you know keep showing him love. Keep sending him suggestions. He he just upgraded his whole. Uh, we just upgraded some audio software in the podcast, and he just upgraded his whole video setup too. So uh, big things coming at you from TKW, and the only thing left that we need to ask you guys to do is rate and review. 
and subscribe to the pod and subscribe to the pod on your friends' phones and find ways to get us higher in those rankings so we can get more great ideas from you guys. And I think that's all the plugging that I can handle for today. Correct. So uh, see you guys later in the week. Go Knicks. And Go they're going to beat the Piz- uh, they're gonna, You almost had me say it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to beat the Blazers tonight. KP 30 plus. You heard it here first. You heard it here after. But we said it here first. All right. All right. Take it easy.